Hey guys, welcome back to Down the Rabbit Hole. This is James. And Samuel. And this week we are covering our last conspiracy theory. Um, Even though it's not a theory. This one, uh, this was a conspiracy theory for a while. This one ended <clears throat> up being true. Uh, and we still don't have full documentation of everything that happened, but what is available is pretty fucked up. This week we are talking about MK Ultra. Yeah. It's, uh, well, probably one of the one of, if not the biggest thing to have ever been revealed to have happened, like been carried out by the U.S. government. Yeah, the whole thing's fucked up. It was. Uh, it started in World War II around that time. Uh, they they were trying to get into some weird covert espionage type stuff, and the government figured, uh, what better reason to research mind control? Yeah, they had plenty of reasons that they wanted to develop this. They wanted it, you know, for means of a truth serum. They wanted it for means of mind control to be able to create agents that would go, you know, to carry out CIA and Army operations without hesitation. They basically wanted drones. They wanted the ultimate order followers. Yeah, it's... um. Their goal in all of this, it was, uh, they had a memo with a constant goal on it, was to make an unwilling participant submit to their will and do their bidding, even against their own will and against the most fundamental law of nature being Mm self-preservation. So if they said do something even if it gets you killed if they said kill yourself you then would do it. you would do it That's that, what, that is what they wanted now this was as far as we know this was never achieved but the fact is it was the intent behind all of this their intent was and, to and the means that they used <clears throat> they did like, some they fucked did up some shit very this. fucked like I knew that MK Ultra was fucked up but like up until researching MK Ultra, I didn't realize how fucked up it the whole, was. The whole scope of how entirely just bizarre and obscene this entire experiment was was yeah disgusting. It's inhuman to say the least. Um, so, starting in World War II, led by U.S. Army General Wild Bill Donovan. Yeah, it was with the constant goal to quote control an individual to the point which he would do our bidding against his will and even against such fundamental laws of nature as self-preservation. General Donovan uh, stated of his work, quote, We may have made mistakes, but we were not afraid to try things that were never done before. Which, no, don't. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah um, he hired Dr. Stanley Lovell, early on calling him his Dr. Moriarty for being such a twisted and demented scientist. Which Lovell actually liked that nickname and stuck with it. (laughs) Yeah, so Dr. Lovell is quoted having said of the experiment, quote, throw all of your normal law-abiding concepts out of the window. Here's a chance to raise Mary Hell. So they, they knew full well that what they were doing was going to be fucked up. It was going to be crimes against humanity yeah they knew what they were about to start doing like they they did have this end goal which was fucked up and they knew the means was going to be fucked up and they were still totally fine with this yeah and 
Because it's for the good of our country. Yeah, yeah but uh, one anonymous experimenter was quoted as saying, quote, I think every last one of us felt sorry to attempt this kind of thing. We knew we were crossing the line. Now, as we know from quotes of other experimenters, other scientists, they didn't all feel this way. There yeah, were, obviously. There were several that were very happy to have done what they did. They were happy to start it, to go through it, and they were happy at the end of it. And saw nothing ultimately wrong with what they did. Or, or they did and just didn't care. Yeah. Like, they genuinely went after sociopaths when they were selecting who they wanted for this. Because they knew they were going to need socio... Like, socio... Uh, sociopathic... Sociopathic. Uh, scientists to be able to actually do this kind of thing. Yeah, and as if, as if that's not bad. Like, first off, they're getting fucked up people to lead this whole thing. This whole experiment was led by some very demented people. Obviously, one of them took up the nickname of Dr. Moriarty. Like, are you fucking yeah. serious? But to make matters worse, um, they're targets. They experimented with a wide range of things. They used uh, electric shocks, hypnotism, sensory overload, sleep deprivation, numerous drugs, some that were in, that were uh, created or discovered during this. They used mm -hmm. marijuana. They used uh, psilocybin, which was extracted from magic mushrooms, which were confirmed as being legitimately real during these trials. So yeah. they, like, discovered magic mushrooms <clears throat> and then extracted psilocybin from it. And they, they also created LSD. They created LSD. Mm -hmm. Created it. Uh, they were t they were tested on unwilling subjects every, yeah, every single people, time. People that did not know what they were doing. And it was, it was a wide range of different people. Uh, they had... Uh, they had people from uh, underground subcultures. They targeted poor people, prostitutes, drug addicts, minorities, and any other people that they could test on without drawing too much attention and without much retaliation. Yeah, they wanted, if, if something went wrong, they didn't want any kind of uh, pushback from it. So if they're, yeah. if they're targeting lower class people with no real means of getting assistance from people that can actually do something... Uh, mm -hmm. If they're targeting them, something fucks up, they're fine. You know, if we accidentally kill somebody, whatever. It's it, He's not going to be missed. His family's not going to do anything about it. Like, mm -hmm. worst case scenario, nothing happens to them. Yeah, and <clears throat> a lot of the experiments were usually carried out in things such as uh, hospitals, universities, and mental health institutions. And the mental health institutions were a big one. Because they would go in under the guise and the premise of, you know, hey, we have these experimental drugs which should help these people. And that's, that was not their goal. Their goal was not to help those people. The, their goal was to use them as unwitting guinea pigs. And if they die, they die. If they're yeah. fu left mentally fucked after it, oh well. And see, the big, the big thing with this, using it at uh, different institutions that are supposed to help people, no one would willingly sign up for government mind control experiments. I no. mean, why the fuck would... Well, okay. I mean, people would sign up, but it would be like these, the people actually conducting the experiments. These, Nobody would sign up as a guinea pig. I feel like these days there would be people that would sign up as a guinea pig. You know... These days. Especially if but, Trump put forth the... Uh, yeah. For, for, for the right, it would be Trump. For the left, it would be Bernie or AOC. <laughs> it's... But back then, when, when more people had some common sense... I'm talking good about boomers. I feel so bad. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, they had enough common sense to know not to do this. Don't take drugs from strangers. <laughs> but you say that, but it's really funny because uh, this whole thing, like with the creation of LSD, the discovery of uh, psilocybin, that actually is what spurned spurred the uh, the hippie culture of the '60s yeah. and their obsession with hallucinogens. Because that they were uh, they were testing. They tested all of these things at the the uh, aforementioned areas, being universities, hospitals, and mental health institutions. But when it and hit, also within subcultures, when it hit universities and um, subcultures, as and well. and the subcultures, countercultures, all that. When it hit all of that, they got they got your typical weirdos, and they also got a lot of college students, mm-hmm. people that were at these universities testing these drugs, and. They got hooked on hallucinogenics, psychedelics, things like that. They really liked it. It opened their third eye and all this shit. And it literally... It opened my penis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it literally led to the start of the hippie culture of the 1960s, yeah. which I think is a little fucking, I guess, ironic. Especially they... <laughs> considering the war on drugs followed soon, yeah. very soon after to try and fight off this usage of psilocybin and LSD and weed because they, they did weed. test weed yeah they, they got all these drugs out into the public the public fucking loves it and it's like no stop using our drugs <laughs> so yeah they, they ended up starting the war on drugs the war on hippies effectively after they created hippies mm-hmm. good job you dumbasses yeah, but things were not all fun and games with this. It wasn't, you know, a bunch of university kids getting high off of LSD and psilocybin. There was um, also there was also there were a lot of deaths. There was a lot of death. There were deaths uh, either through overdoses, suicides. Um, there are some that are thought to have been outright murders. Yeah, um, <clears throat> basically people that knew too much. But the first death of these experiments was actually chemist Frank Olson who was slipped LSD unknowingly during a meeting with the CIA. Afterwards, he fell into a deep depression which resulted in him committing suicide by jumping out of a 10th story hotel window. And the real, like, that in and of itself is fucked up, but just to, like, rub salt in the wound, the details of his death did not surface until 1976, 23 years after he committed suicide. Yeah, so that's, that's 23 years. His widowed wife, I don't know if he had children, but there's a possibility, but that's a long time to just... It, it looked like he just committed suicide. He just suddenly got depressed and killed himself. Mm-hmm. And what had happened was the LSD fucked him up and fucked with his head to the point that he got really depressed yeah and, and, and he he didn't even sign up for anything no he was he just, just having a meeting he, he had was, a meeting with the cia and they slipped him lsd he was uh he was actually if i'm not mistaken he was supposed to be getting in on the operation he was supposed to be a part of this like he was supposed to be one of the guys uh that was conducting the experiments and they just slipped him some lsd like let's see what this does you just made a man kill himself <laughs> You, you just made this guy have the worst trip of his life to the point that he jumped out of his window and died. Yeah. And they let it just look like a suicide for over two decades. They mm-hmm. let his wife wonder why he was so depressed. And I, I wouldn't doubt she was beating herself up over that. Well, and the thing is, like, it, the, the details didn't surface for 23 years. 
So, like, you'd imagine, like, after over two decades, she'd probably moved on. Like, she had made peace with everything. And then all of a sudden, this comes out, and it's like, oh, he died for no reason. Like, this could have all been prevented. Yeah. So now she has to relive that whole experience of him suiciding. And it's under an entire new light. It has new facts. It's all different. So Mm -hmm. it's... That had to be painful for her. Yeah. Like, it's basically figuring out that your husband didn't commit suicide. He was effectively murdered. Yeah. But a more prominent death was that of uh, Harold Blower. He was a professional tennis player and also a patient at the New York State Psychiatric Institute. He was given five injections of a mescaline derivative, which is a naturally occurring um, hallucinogen found in the peyote cactus, and it took 22 years before the details of his death were released. Um, The goal of this was actually to induce symptoms similar to schizophrenia. And allegedly, the hospital where they, um, like the psychiatric institute where they uh, carried out these tests, didn't even know what the drugs actually were because it was a secret. They were normally just being given drugs from the CIA and and money. They oh, definitely money. But they and the drugs. They were given no details of what these drugs were. Doctors even. Or what they were supposed to do. Yeah, they were just supposed to give them the drugs, report the results. Like how how are they different? Like they there was a doctor who was quoted as uh, they wouldn't even know if they were giving them dog piss. Mm -hmm. Like we could be giving our patients dog piss. We don't know. We're just doing what we're told. Yeah, they gave us money. We do this thing. And that, like that is such a breach a breach of ethics. Yeah. Like what happened to your Hippocratic oath? But they they effectively OD'd this guy on yeah. a hallucinogen. They gave him five shots because he was dead after the fifth one. Yeah. They would have given that's, him six. That's why they stopped at five. He died. <laughs> the sixth one won't do anything. What do you mean? He's dead. We'll give it to him anyway. Yeah. So while. The CIA was after mind control. Uh, The army was allegedly using this, hopefully, to get a chemical out of it that would be able to incapacitate people but not harm them. That was their alleged goal in this. Yeah. Was basically to make something, I guess, that they could aerosolize, airdrop it over a large area, and the entire force is crippled without a shot fired, without a single death. But they didn't just test with chemicals. The army was using several mental hospitals to test various drugs and as, and as well as electrodes, like implanting <sighs> electrodes in people's brains. Yeah. Trying to use that to control them through. And they, actually, they actually started that particular experiment. They started with a bull. Mm-hmm. They, they implanted electrodes into a bull's brain to see if they could achieve the effects they wanted. Yeah, manipulate its behavior. And... They would have, they had a little remote, they'd hit some buttons, it would zap the electrodes, and the bull would change course. Yeah. So they they then found out, okay, so zapping the brain does something, and it does what we hope it does. So let's let's move on to people. Yeah, and they, they did that in mental institutions. They tested on people with those. But um, one story that came out of the army about testing during MKUltra was uh, from one James Thornwell. He was an army private stationed in France, and he was given LSD by the army as a means of getting him to reveal any secrets that he was hiding. So basically they were trying to use it as a truth serum. Um, 
classified documents in his unit went missing, and he became a suspect. Thornwell was subject to a two-and-a-half-month interrogation that included an injection of sodium pentothal, which is a drug that is commonly used as a truth serum, uh, hypnosis, isolation, and sleep deprivation. The army referred to this as conventional interrogation techniques. So, like, this isn't even, like, taking things too far. Like, two-and-a-half months of drug injections, hypnosis, isolation, and sleep deprivation is just conventional at the time. This is just the norm. Yeah. This is what we do to people. But uh, despite all of these efforts, I asked who ate my lunch. Nobody told me, so I started just conventionally interrogating them. Okay, very conventionally. <laughs> Where's my lunch, guys? <laughs> but um, despite all of this, these attempts to get a confession out of him or any kind of information, they were getting nowhere with Thornwell. So they slipped him LSD. For 16 years, he didn't know what he was giving. He described it as excruciatingly painful and a bad, bad trip. No charges were ever brought against him, though he was discharged from the army for, quote, psychological disorders. No shit! Despite this, an army psychiatric evaluation of Thornwell prior to the LSD injection said that he was fairly cooperative oriented, alert, and gave no signs of psychosis or depression. So, pre-injection, he's completely fine. Nothing wrong with him. Nothing. He was a pretty normal, just good guy. Yeah, and then post-interrogation, post-LSD injection, they discharged him from the army for psychological disorders. Which just shows you, like... This is what the army does to soldiers. They're not, they don't praise you as heroes and keep you as good people. It's, no. you're a tool, and when you are used up, you will be expended. You, you yeah, you'll be, be thrown away. The, it's, it's a tool that has served past its use. So fuck it, throw it away, get a new one. Yep. And the, the, the fucked up part, um, from the army's perspective, from their point of view, this was actually a successful use of LSD. Um, Thornwell, though, disagrees. Because um, he still struggles to hold a relationship because he went through two marriages. He can't hold a job. He has nightmares, can't concentrate, and also feels socially and emotionally isolated. So they basically fucked this guy up for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. They ruined his life. They, they fucked his brain up so bad that he was fucked for the rest of his life. Like, he couldn't function as a normal person. No, and apparently, according to the army, that was a very successful, successful use of LSD. Good job! We did it, guys! Yeah. But um, there are also many severe experiments that were conducted at a mental institution in Montreal, Canada, called Raven's Crag. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you were saying that there were actually documentaries specifically on there, Raven's Crag and what there went was, on there. There was a particularly long one. I didn't get into watching all of it, but there was one specifically about Raven's Crag. It was a very, very long one. Yeah, so the, um, the scientist that was overseeing uh, Raven's Crag, he, um, he was a fucked up individual, but he would use... I mean, weren't they all? Yeah, he would use... <laughs> He would use electrotherapy to try to brainwash people by wiping their minds, as well as attempting to, quote, depattern individuals. And depatterning, they would, uh, they would use the electrotherapy to keep people asleep for weeks at a time in attempts to alter their personalities. I think one guy, they kept him asleep, what was it, for 65 straight days? I believe so. 
Yeah, like that was the longest one that they kept asleep, but for sixty-five days. And they they did a lot of a lot of stuff with these depatterning uh, experiments, mm-hmm. where they would have tapes with recordings, like recorded messages. They would just play it over and over and over. Uh, that they would use that to implant all kinds of information in people. They use mm-hmm. this for uh, false confessions. They would they would implant false confessions in people. So if they needed someone to testify something that wasn't legitimate, they would just do this until that person believed it to be the legitimate thing. They uh, they would use it for I believe it was the Manchurian Candidate. Uh, yeah, Manchurian candidates were. That was. They never got anywhere with it. They finally realized it was. Uh, it was a fruitless endeavor. It was a fruitless endeavor. It wasn't going to go anywhere because of how complex it would have been. But basically, one of the things they were trying to do with uh, Manchurian candidates, they were trying to basically take people that were foreign nationals. They would use depatterning techniques to basically wipe their personalities and their minds. They would ter- then use their methods to turn these people into the perfect agents to be sent back to their homeland as spies. Yeah, they were trying to create double agents. Mm-hmm. And they 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 did a lot of weird shit with this. They also had um they had a part of this they would do uh, the amnesia wall. They effectively would create a, an amnesia block in people's minds. To where they would have split personalities with each on different sides of this amnesia block. And they tried to get it to where at the use of a code phrase, it would switch sides of the amnesia wall. Um, Part of what they were using this for, allegedly, was they were going to have it so that they could have uh, message deliverers. Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't need a physical medium for it. They didn't have to have it written or recorded anywhere. What they would do was they would get their Manchurian candidate, switch him to personality B, tell him all the information they needed to tell him, switch him back to personality A, and send him to wherever he needed to go. All that personality A knows is he's going somewhere and meeting someone. Mm -hmm. Personality B has all the information that he needs to uh, disclose. So if anyone were to intercept the agent uh, during his during his uh, travels, unless they, they unless they knew the code phrase, they weren't going to get anything out of him because he genuinely doesn't know. Yeah. So then he would get to where he needs to go. The person receiving the message would use the code phrase, switch it back to personality B, receive the message, use the code phrase again, switch him back to personality A. And this guy literally has no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Personality A does not know what's going on. He just knows, okay, I'm going to this place and I'll see how this goes. But they, they did experiments. Now, that whole thing, that sounds fucking complicated. That yeah, sounds that's, complex. That's what kind of got them to abandon it. Because they kind of realized... Um, well, you kind of, when you when you make a Manchurian candidate, when you make someone that's supposed to basically be a human puppet in every aspect of, of that phrase, um, if the puppet, the Manchurian candidate, is introduced to a situation that they are not programmed to respond to, there's no telling what would happen. Yeah. Like, so... They could freeze up and start jacking off in public who knows? <laughs> who knows so like it was like the complexity of 
infinite variables that caused them to abandon the idea of developing Manchurian candidates. But despite that, the damage was already done because in the, the whole depatterning process of the people at Raven's Crag, um, a follow-up study of the patients that were depatterned, it was discovered that 60% of them had had amnesia from six months up to ten years. Yeah. Like, that's just six months to ten years of their life that they just don't remember. It's gone. And all because somebody wanted to do some fucked up shit with their heads. like hey, Against their will. Yeah, against their will. Like, let's, let's see if we can do this thing. <laughs> when we say mental institution, you know, you kind of immediately jump to, like, psychopaths and cra- very crazy people. No, like, when it comes to mental institutions, there are a lot of people that check themselves in for things as simple as depression or anxiety. Okay, and I kind of want to kill myself. Like I'll go somewhere that'll make me better. Yeah, yeah, like they're trying to go to the institution to get some psychotherapy to be able to better deal with their depression and anxiety and things like that. And, and normally those, when they're there, they'll take whatever drugs you give them because yeah. they trust that it's going to be okay for them. And those were the type of people that they were doing these experiments on. Yeah. Like just specifically preying on the weak. Yeah, like if you happen to be an individual that has depression, imagine if it got to the point where you checked yourself into an institution just to get some help, and then this shit happens to you. Suddenly like you have is, amnesia for a very large amount of time. Yeah, like that's the situation we're talking about. These weren't just, you know crazy you know people that couldn't contribute to society it was oftentimes just average everyday people just looking for a little bit of mental help and well they uh they didn't get it no let's, let's just they, say the least they, they got didn't the get exact it. opposite but um even though the manchurian candidates were unachievable that didn't stop them from looking for other methods of mind they, control. They, they, made, they kept going until they eventually ended the program after realizing it was futile. They made mistakes, but they were never afraid to do things that no one had done before. Yeah. <laughs> to quote uh, General Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> but kind of to close out this episode, there was a quote of one George White who was a man that helped the agency. George White was the... He was the demon behind all of this. He was he was their he go-to... He played a big part. He, he was their go-to thug. He was, uh, he was in with the CIA. Mm-hmm. He, helped, he helped with many of their programs during the Ultra. He didn't do a whole lot of the, uh, the data and research for the project. What he did was he would gather the subjects so to speak he was the guy that knew the streets he knew the pimps he knew the whores he knew the addicts he knew everyone so if they needed someone of to just uh you know conveniently abduct and test on (laughs) yeah if they needed someone of low status just to conduct tests on them george white was the guy to do it he was the guy to go out to these places find a random person, bag over the head, and take them in. Mm-hmm. He was their guy to, to go to, and he got treated very well because of this. Yeah. He, uh, he, he was able to get away with a lot of shit. He did whatever he wanted, and nobody could fucking stop him. Yeah, he, he faced nothing after the end of MKUltra. But uh, shortly before his death, he wrote to his boss, his former boss at the CIA, uh, Sidney Gottlieb, um, who was also very heavily involved with MKUltra, And he summed up his career with the CIA as such, 
quote, it was fun, fun, fun. Where else could a red, a red-blooded American boy lie, kill, and cheat, steal, deceive, rape, and pillage with a sanctioned blessing of the All-Highest? The All-Highest, of course, being a statist, referring to the government. Yep, he was referring to the government. The CIA gave him permission to do all of these things because they felt that in him doing it, it's going to be for the project, and we need to do anything we can for the project. If this project is going to work, our guys need to do whatever they want or whatever they need. And he did a lot of shit that was completely unnecessary, and if you want to do it, you're a fucking monster. Mm -hmm. But that just kind of goes to show the kind of people that were behind this project. It was... It was bullies preying on the weak through and through. They yeah. they said they were trying to get a truth serum. They said they were trying to achieve mind control. Both of those are entirely fucked up. But as if the end goal of the project isn't fucked up enough, it's even more fucked up that they chose specifically monsters of the human race to go against specifically the weakest of the human race. Yeah. So, and the reason we chose... MK Ultra to end this out because the first three were conspiracy theories. The fourth was an actual proven event. Yeah, this one was a conspiracy theory for a while, but it, eventually the the files were all released and yeah. So it it kind of goes to show when you approach conspiracy theories, especially ones that have a lot of credence to them, think back on things like MK Ultra, which. If you were told today, say that say that MKUltra stayed classified and people were trying to tell you, conspiracy theorists, that the government had a mind control program that they were working on with the CIA. Where they beat people and hurt them and electrify them and, and give them crazy them drugs. drugs. And mm-hmm. if, if someone tried to tell you that, you would probably think they were fucking crazy. You yeah, would... they were just blowing smoke out of their ass. Yeah. Just how people do with, like, the Mandalay Bay Las Vegas shooting, like people do with the moon landing. With you know, 9-11. 9-11. You know, you, you have to look back at MK Ultra and understand the lengths that the U.S. government is willing to go to to get what they want. So when you look at something like MK Ultra, is it really that hard to believe that some of these mass shootings, if not a large portion of them, are false flags? Yeah. Is it really that hard to believe that they would have destroyed a couple of towers to be able to invade a couple of countries? Like, it's, it's, it's really not that unbelievable. And to spark nationalism. But Oof. is it really that hard to believe that they could build a set to fake the moon landing to be able to drive the Soviet Union into bankruptcy. And to try and... And to show the world, hey, we're the dominant superpower. Yeah. You know, you have to look at things like MKUltra and ask yourself, and by comparison, how feasible is this truly? Like, MK, how possible is MK this? Ultra is entirely fucked up by all means. It sounds like something straight out of a sci-fi movie. It does. It sounds entirely crazy. It's bizarre. It doesn't sound like something anybody would ever dream up. And yet it fucking happened. For two mm-hmm. decades it went on. Yep. Like, what the fuck? And it took another little over two decades before the files were released. Yeah. So when you think about these other conspiracy theories, like, oh, that... that that's not true. That could never be true. It's impossible. The government would never do that. 
They literally did MK Ultra, and as far as I know, we don't have the full story on it. We have what they released. They they yeah. released a lot of files. Don't get me wrong, but knowing the government, there's probably a lot more that's unreleased. It's the tip of the iceberg is all we've got. So, yeah. So, in closing, when you're presented with a conspiracy theory, look at it with the eye of skepticism, but also look at it with an open mind. Remember MK Ultra, and remember what the government is not only capable of doing, but what they are willing to do. And they're willing to do some fucked up shit. Yeah. So on that note, I think we'll go ahead and uh, call it a month. That's the end of our conspiracy theory uh, series. And we'll be thinking up something new and crazy and probably a little stupid for next month. Which... This was a pretty fun series. It was. I, I enjoyed this one. So... We'll go ahead and uh, get to brainstorming for next month. Yeah, um, so thank you for guys for tuning in two days late. <laughs> My job has been hell. Um, yeah. And re- I, research I worked, on... Re- I worked a 13-hour shift on Monday, two 12s, and then another 13, and I actually got off relatively on time today, so... <laughs> and then but, research on this this episode. Like, we wanted, we wanted to do it right. We wanted to learn as much as we could before we went off and bullshitted on it, and Jesus Christ, we... I feel like I've learned too much. I am uncomfortable with my knowledge. Yeah. So, guys, don't forget to tune in for another episode of A Week in Anjo coming up on more than likely Sunday. Um, And with that said, take care of yourselves and, well, don't die. Stay sexy. Or don't. I mean... No, do. Bastards. Do stay sexy. Don't die, but you are We need anarchists to be sexy. Sexify anarchy.